Uh, welcome back to Calvary Life. This is the podcast for the members of Calvary Baptist Church and also anyone else out there that's interested in local church life. We're glad to be back again. I'm Charles Uptain. Hey, I'm Paul Thompson. Today we got a super special guest with us, a good friend of Calvary Baptist Church and to Alabama Baptists in general. This is our executive director of the Alabama Baptist State Convention, Dr. Rick Lance. So, Dr. Lance, we're glad to have you today. Hey, Paul. Thank you very much, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on the podcast. I actually do one of these myself, but you've got it set up a whole lot better than I have. And I want to congratulate you guys on the ministry here, especially your 12 years here Thank at you. Calvary. And it's uh, the best is yet to be. Yeah, yes. Lord willing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, like I said, Dr. Lance, this is the most laid back, easygoing podcast there is, I hope, because we don't do retakes or anything. We just shoot from the hip. So yeah. whatever you'd like to share, you have a you have a platform. I was thinking this though, you know, Dr. Lance, for for a lot of our folks, they've been Baptist for a long time. They've grown up in Baptist churches, a lot of them from Alabama. So um they'll know these things. But a number of our people are new, new Christians, new to the area. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about tell us a little bit about the state of Baptist life in Alabama. Tell us about the Alabama Baptist Convention, just what you'd want us to know about that. What's the state of the state right now as far yeah. as Baptist work goes? Well, Paul, thank you again for the opportunity to do this. Now, when you ask me a question at my point in life, everything begins with Adam and Eve, and I go forward. So <laughs> the way for me to best tell you about Alabama Baptist life without trying to be too cumbersome, too detail-oriented, or too... Uh, literally boring i hate to say that but we were founded as a state convention in 1823 alabama baptist or the third oldest state convention in the sbc the oldest being south carolina 1821 georgia 1822 and then alabama now that's interesting to me because alabama territorially was originally a part of georgia and Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, we call the Georgia Territory. And then we became the Mississippi Territory. We need, we got taken over by Mississippi. So when we finally became, as it were, a state in 1818, five years later, then we have the founding of a state convention. Now, a lot of people don't realize this, but the larger denominational family we have called Southern Baptist, the founding of it in 1845 was initiated by state convention leaders. Now, we can get into the bad history of a lot of that, and we, we don't need to dwell on that. What I'm getting at is Baptists have always been bottom-up rather than top-down, and right. that, that's where we are now. Um, it, it appears sometimes it doesn't come across that way. So Alabama Baptist, we are... Um, I think we're a microcosm of the Southern Baptist Convention that might be tested nowadays with a lot of the new work areas that we have. But you think about the influx of internationals into Alabama and other things related to university education and work and the like. So Alabama is much more diverse than it's ever been. And what we have is a state convention. You you think of uh, literally and legally that. State convention is a day-and-a-half meeting. That's the Alabama Baptist State Convention. It's a legal meeting when we come together for fellowship, worship, and do business. Now, during the course of the year, the Alabama Baptist State Convention's ministries are done through entities that the state convention created. The one that gets probably the most attention would be the State Board of Missions, where I am as executive director technically executive director of state board of missions, treasurer of the convention. Gotcha. 
So both of those are incorporated entities, but the state board of missions is the state convention at interim. Oftentimes, I shouldn't say oftentimes, many times, the state can, board of missions does some things on behalf of the state convention. Most of the time, it is something the state convention has directed us to do, but there are times in between conventions, because we're the convention at interim, we act in the name of the state convention. So we are the missionary fiduciary arm of the convention, and we have the University of Mobile, we have, you heard today, from the Baptist Foundation of Alabama, and I think maybe you're going to do a podcast with them. We have the Alabama Baptist Children's Home and Family Ministry, a very vital ministry. We have the Alabama Baptist, which is our media outlet, and they are beyond Alabama now. They have what they call the state paper and go beyond that. We further have uh, the what we call a historical commission, which helped us celebrate our 200th anniversary. We have an education commission and what is a Christian life commission. And that's tantamount to being the ERLC or the ethics and religious liberty of Alabama. And I'm probably leaving someone Shaco Springs being our camp. That's an entity. Right. Our students are going there this summer. Yeah. So uh, the plethora of ministries we have from the state convention emanating there really happened during the year through the entity. So, the state conventions are gathering of messengers. The ministry is done, obviously, through the churches, but from the state convention standpoint, through its its uh, entities. And I'll I'll say with uh, I could talk about the state board of missions. We can we think of it this way: you have the international mission board for international missions. I've served on that board ten years, and I have some awareness of what they do. You have the North American Mission Board for North American Missions. The Alabama Baptist State Board of Missions is for state missions. And we, we don't have a lot of people in terms of employees, but we have state missionaries uh, who travel the state, who you guys probably would understand this more than some. There are two types of churches. There are those who give more than they receive, and there are those who receive more than they give. So often we're going to the ones who are in the need of receiving and they're the beneficiaries of the churches who give more than they ever would receive. So from that standpoint, so the State Board of Missions would be the hands, the feet of the state convention during the year when we're not meeting. We are directly accountable to the messengers every year with vote on the budget and kept that missional circulatory system we have and we're going to probably talk about that in a moment but in a, in essence the state convention is a family of churches who send messengers and then the entities during the year do the uh, the ministries and and they have we have specific ministry assignments we do and the other entities do as well now i don't know if that's exactly what you wanted no i, I appreciate the overview because you know for some people that may listen to our podcast saying, I, I don't know what, what that even is. I don't know what they do. Now, maybe we don't do a great job of communicating all the layers of our cooperation sometimes, but so I think that's helpful. I've got a little bit of a bias, so I want you either to confirm this or tell me I'm, I'm a little bit off. So, you know, we look at the sort of the spectrum of Baptist life across America, and we get this sense that we're in decline. I mean, that's what we hear. We hear numbers yeah. declining, attendance declining. But I feel like, so tell me if I'm right or wrong, because I know you're all over the state, talk to a lot of pastors and churches. Aren't we doing better in Alabama than the convention as a whole in terms of that? Are, are we healthier or are we 
very similar in that. I mean, are, are, okay. how are our numbers going, and, and what's the health well, in the, general? Well, the uh, way I'd answer that, uh, Alabama Baptist State Convention is healthy. Our churches are healthy. We do have we have people working in our from the State Board of Missions with churches in conflict. There'll always be some of those. But in terms of skirmishes, turf battles, and all, Alabama Baptists are really peaceful people. They cooperate very well. In fact, uh, they have to work hard to be uncooperative. They, they really are. Now, I'll, I'll say it this way. We are in an evangelical recession. And I'm talking about all New Testament Bible-believing, Jesus, the way, the truth, and life kind of churches. We're in an evangelical recession. And I could go into my own speculation and opinion about why that is. The SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention, is, has obviously experienced reportable numerical decline. Now, when I say reportable, we have to understand we depend on the churches, they do and we do, to tell us what's going on in local churches. We call that annual church profile. Well, when I first came to this position more than 25 years ago, about 90% of our churches would forward that information. Now it's in the 60s. Yeah, I was really surprised at hearing some of that data at the at the national level, just the percentage of churches that just simply don't report. There's no way of knowing. Well, you have to have a go-to person on uh, on the ministry support staff to pull that off. And I don't know, there are a lot of reasons why that is. Some people think, well, that's, uh, that's none of your business or whatever. We run into a little bit of that now. But actually, it's it's not to call attention to what's not being done. It's called attention to what's being done. Right. So I'd have to say that on a national level, again, Alabama's kind of the microcosm. We have reflected some of that decline. Now, there are churches, again, not reporting. There are churches who have, for whatever reason, decided to purge their roles. There are churches which have experienced some decline. As we, as you might think about it, Alabama obviously does not have an Atlanta or a Houston or Orlando. Our urban areas are spread out, if you want to call them that, and they are considered urban areas. So, but in those urban areas, churches go through decline in a community in an urban area far quicker than they do in suburbia or definitely out in the open country in the rural areas. So, yes, we've experienced some decline, but I don't think it is as bad as it's being depicted. I heard one estimation when we were going through COVID, and everybody was just as anxious as they could be, at least what I could tell, that said that we will lose one in ten churches. Well, we lost a few churches which were already in the process of closing the doors or transitioning to a church replant, which is what we coach people to do. We didn't lose anywhere near. It's a fraction of what they were talking about. So, and I don't think the SBC or the Southern Baptist Convention, I don't think the larger denominational family went through that to that drastic nature, which just leads me to believe that a lot of times you have research and you have speculation. And I think that was more speculation. There was no research. Now that they're looking back, some of those same people are saying, we missed it. And what that says at the local church, Baptists are part of that because we're congregational. People are resilient when it comes to their church. 
these churches that are connectional and going through their challenges now because of whatever issue may be, congregational churches are stronger in the sense they have more dedication because they know it's up to them. It's their purview. It's their ministry. So I think during COVID, I never bought into that. Although I'd have to say that was much, that was a much greater stress test on our churches than I thought it would be. But they passed it in general far better than people think. And in fact, you know this, all of you do. Amazingly, during COVID, the churches actually did better financially. Yeah, that was kind of remarkable. That's what we saw. That was our experience. Yeah. Now, numerically, obviously, it took a hit. And some of them still are kind of coming out of COVID. But they'll say, you know, we never had this kind of income. Our budget, we're over our budget. And and that, that was surprising. And when some of the ones that I thought would really be flat on their backs. People just stepped up, and that shows the health and strength. Yeah, the- we were real pleased with that, really, just the devotion that people had to their church, and I think I think they did. I think they stepped up. They wanted to make sure that we navigated it well and came out at the end stronger, and so I think we did. This is the area of, of state Baptist life that we're particularly interested in. Part of our developing strategy, and some of this we're going to be sharing with the congregation next month at a special banquet where we're just kind of rolling out some some tweaks and additions to our discipleship plan and strategy is church planting yes. on a, on a more regional level. Right. We, we planted a church several years ago as a Sin City uh, church plant in partnership with North American Mission Board in Manhattan. But I wanted you to tell us a little bit about the need for church planting more regionally, like really in Alabama. And right. In particular, if you could even tell us what's the what's the perceived need and where are those needs? Where where are right. they where are they most acute? Yes. Well, thank you for that question. We're doing two things, really three, in the efforts in this regard, and they're tied together. Church planting, a newborn baby, church replanting, a restart, and church revitalization, which is a vast need. We'll, we'll talk, we might have time to talk about that. Our church planting in Alabama, now we may not have eye-popping numbers, but five years out, from a church plant, 90% of them are still going strong. 10 years out, 80%. So their survivability has been very, very good. And here's why I think it's the case. Philosophically, we don't go as a state board of mission and say, we're going to plant a church right here. What we do is we work with the church in the association and get associational affirmation and we work with the church and help sponsor a church somewhere it may not even be in that association but we work through the channel so you're not dealing with conflict on the ground as much now we run into a little of that but the kind of churches we are planting most of them now in alabama this may be a bit of a surprise not just a majority way more than a majority are minority in nature we're we're really doing better than I thought we'd be doing in relationship with the African-Americans, with Hispanics, with Asians, because we have pockets of Asians everywhere. The the Uyghur people who we hear talking about and the, the persecution they've gone through, there are pockets of that in Birmingham. We're exploring that. So through our associational missions and church planting office, 
what we try to do is bring in a church planter, help him with an assessment to determine his gifts and where his weaknesses may be so that when he gets on the ground, it's not like a deer in the headlights. He understands some degree who he is and what where he's trying to serve. The, it, some of it is location-driven and some of it is demographic-driven. We're starting, uh, we're having church plants related to collegiates now. It's relatively new. It started up in North Alabama, and that's over in uh, north, with Northwest Alabama, that's more Northeast Alabama. So we're having some real effectiveness, I don't like the word success, effectiveness in that area. So we don't try to force feed in an area or with the people who does what. And we, we monitor it and we coach them all the way through the process. And with our State Board of Missions, when our trustees get together, there's a, a committee or, that deals with our church planting and church revitalization. And that we kind of go over every one of the ones who are in the pipeline or in the process. So from that methodical way of doing it, it has helped us maintain the survivability rate rather than we have somebody come along and say, well, I just feel like I'm called to be a church planter and I'm going to go down over here and we hand them some money. We said, well, uh, let's make sure you everybody knows what's going on and let's make sure you're prepared for this because let's just, let's just admit this. No matter how old we are or how young we are, if we follow our passion without reason, we're going to end up in a ditch. I've always said passion is the engine of what you do, but reason is the steering wheel. So if you have that combination, mm -hmm. the engine and the steering wheel, you'll end up at your destination. Otherwise, you're in a ditch somewhere. Did that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah I appreciate <laughs> it. We're uh, a few of us from the association here, um, Southeast Alabama Association, are headed up to uh, to the North American Mission Board Revitalization yes. Conference um, <clears throat> in a few weeks. And so that's something that several of us are interested in and, and want to be part of. And so that's something we're looking at as a church, just those opportunities and possibilities, whether it is revitalization or restart or or brand new plants, just really feeling like, one, we want to be – we want to be a training center. We want to be sending people right. out. We think we've got some guys that are well on their way to being prepared to do that, um, either in seminary or right. have uh, done this already or just have a passion for this. And we're trying to put them in the right places to serve. But also as a church, we really want to. Well, could I recommend something? <clears throat> if you will contact, I'll give you some names and contact certain people on church planting and church revitalization we have some what I call quiet rainmakers in that area, and they are pretty. They know Alabama, and they know the the processes that need to happen, so that uh, it gets maximum effectiveness. Because we'd like to partner with you. Is what I'm trying to say on that. I appreciate that. Let me expand the the discussion just a little bit out wider to the SBC as a whole. Um, would you say that? Alabama Baptists are pretty well represented. When you're when you're at an annual meeting, um, you know I see you there and we talk. But do you see good representation, or are we well represented there? And our yes. voices being heard there. Yes. Now Alabama Baptists, we're on key. We have people on key boards. 
And the reason you don't hear much out of them is they're quietly doing their job. They're not trying to hog a microphone somewhere. They're trying to be the best partner and seek solutions and come out at the right place. Yes, Alabama Baptists are well represented on boards, and at the meeting, we're real, well represented. Uh, some people see us as kind of a flyover state where you got Atlanta and then you got over get over in Texas. I'm sure Mississippi feels even more that way. But Alabama Baptists, <clears throat> because we're the number one state convention and cooperative program giving to the SBC. Is that total or is that per capita? That's total. So that's yeah. that's significant. It's almost ten cents on every dollar that they receive through the cooperative program. Comes from Alabama. That's right. Now we're not the richest state in the union. We're poorest among them. We don't have mega churches, but I would say we're the most among the most generous people in the Southern Baptist Convention. So you think about the people with the pockets of big influencers and where you would think more wealth would be. You wouldn't think about Alabama in that regard but from the standpoint of being generous givers we're by far the number one and it's been that way for about 15 years or so now that's not to brag except to commend and affirm alabama baptist that's all only reason i mean it has nothing to do with me it has everything to do with our generous people um real quick before we run out of time with you dr lance i, I wanted to give you a chance to maybe make a case for something this is part of of Alabama uh, Baptist life that we have not been a part of, but we didn't get a chance to delve too much in the cooperative program and giving, but correct me on any point where I'm, I'm off on this, but essentially 50% of the monies that we give non-designated gifts, just our routine giving our cooperative program giving. So Calvary, that's a 10% number off of our undesignated yeah. gifts. 50% of that will stay in the state of Alabama for state missional causes and 50% will be dispersed. Yeah. Now, exactly 50 percent now that's changed over the years right so uh well in the last last seven years well let me back it up when we were in the 40s we were still number one in cooperative program giving but in recent years i'm saying in the last seven or eight and i i was hit we were headed that way and i wanted to fast forward it and so we made some substantial changes in 2017 18 to make sure that that pure true 50 percent sbc 50 percent state missions calls and great commission calls in alabama that was exact there were there was nothing that anybody would see otherwise because again sometimes people read budgets and I still have people say, well, you, you're really not true 50-50. And I said, well, I don't know how you could be more true. I took a dollar out and cut it in half. I said, 50% goes here, 50% goes there. I, that's about as true as you can get. And I handed him both of them. Uh, he couldn't, I guess he went some, got some tape and put it back together. But that is, we're, we're uh, not in a hopefully carnal way, but we're proud of that. We're glad we're there. Now, is it, was it easy? No. But it was doable, and we're glad we're there. So the cooperative program, it's just like a local church budget. you got to have a unified church budget, or you, you're going to be just doing projects here and projects there and paying for this and paying for that. Same thing when you get a, into whether you're in associational life or state convention life in national Southern Baptist Convention. Southern Baptist Convention and 
the state conventions came together, 1925, about to be 100 years, and decided we needed a unified budget. And it was at that point, right along there, that the church unified budget really took off. Because there used to be, and you're going to laugh at this, there used to be a can to pay the preacher. You put some money in that and then to keep the lights on, a can over here. And so the unified budget movement kind of grew out of the cooperative program, which helped our churches immensely in more ways than I could even drill down and talk about today. I believe in it, but I'll tell you this. I've been, I was a pastor for a number of years. There's never a perfect budget. It, somebody said, well, I'd like to change this. And I said, well, I'd like to change that. But it's not perfect, but it's, it's a consensus of the fellowship. And just like anything else, it, it can change some. It has to at certain times. But I, I can honestly say, Alabama Baptist, I don't hear criticisms about the budgeting process. Now, I'm sure you went out and started asking questions. You probably wouldn't. And, and a lot of it is uninformed thinking. And I'm not being critical. Again, how many times I'm going to say that? Pete, I have uninformed thinking on certain issues. But this is kind of my bailiwick. And that's why I get a little bit defensive when someone says, well, it didn't work that way. And I said, well, yeah because I and some others make sure it works that way. In the, in the state of Alabama, when, when the move was made to, which essentially is sending more money mm -hmm. to the national, and so less money staying in the state, um, I'm assuming that creates some needs, some deficits somewhere. Yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit about the Myers-Mallory Annual Offering. Well, I'm glad you mentioned What that does. We were the only state convention in the, in the southern area, southern region, that didn't have a state missions offering. And a lot of that... Uh, has a long history. Well, when this moved to 50-50 approach, simultaneously we decided to have a state missions offering. Now, it's not huge, but it supplements things like uh, church planting, church revitalization, missions mobilization, or global missions, disaster relief. We had a little separate offering on that. We were not doing too well on that. The people give in a disaster when one happens. Right. They don't it's like thinking about, well, I think I'll give a twenty dollars this week to disaster relief. They don't do that, but when a disaster happens, how can I give? Yeah. Sort of approach. So it's a supplementation, supplements what we in the cooperative program, what we essentially were kind of leaving out. Not totally, but it, it really does help. And it's named after <coughs> Martha Myers, and I can get a little teary on this one, bear with me, and Kathleen Mallory. Kathleen Mallory was the was a member of First Baptist Selma. She became the state WMU director and then the national WMU director. Martha Myers is a martyr who in Yemen on December 26, 2002, uh, one of her patients came in. She's a medical doctor. One of her patients came in with an automatic weapon and killed four of our missionaries. She was one of them. They were probably been another one killed, but he was stuck in traffic. Now, she's not buried in Montgomery, where she grew up. She's not buried in Birmingham, where she went to school, or Mobile. She's buried in Yemen at that Jibla Hospital. If you go up that hill, that's her gravesite. At her funeral, which of course was over there, 
the women line the streets saying, oh, how we loved you, Sister Martha. We love you. And if you think about that, in that culture, women are not supposed to do much. They don't go see male doctors. So she would backpack from village to village to go and to bring medical treatment to women where they were. And she, she would always say to men, you, you, got, you got plenty of opportunities, so I'm taking care of the women. We decided, and I was praying about this, we decided we wanted to name this Myers Mallory for those two iconic figures. So I, I got in contact with what's left of the Myers family. And they, I asked them, I said, is this okay? We don't impose, we don't, in, and they said, we would be honored if you would use her name. So that's the namesake. It captures the spirit of what we're talking about because uh, this is missions. It may not be international, but we have to think of it this way, just like in your local church. If our local churches aren't healthy, if we're not planting churches in Alabama, if we're not helping to revitalize churches in Alabama, we're not going to be the garden that helps feed the missions around the world. We've got to keep the garden going. And I guess you'd have to say, that's my passion. That's what I feel incumbent upon me and others. We have state missionaries, all of them will tell you the same thing. Now that was a long answer to a very nice, brief question, <laughs> but I hope it didn't overstate. No, I appreciate the philosophy of it because I think that's important for us to consider. You know, we talk about something similar on a, on a smaller scale as a church. Why does God bless us like he has? Um, and here we are in the corner of Southeast <laughs> Alabama and there are 50 some odd SBC churches in our association, plus a number of other healthy evangelical churches around us. So What's our role? Sometimes it feels like we're not we're not on the front line. We're not at the forefront. But you are. If God can use us to train, develop, send, support, um, and and really just we, I like the way that you said that. Uh, I appreciate the terminology on that. I think that's encouragement for us and for our people to keep going, keep pressing ahead. You got the final word, Doctor Lance. Anything you want to challenge the folks at Calvary Baptist, or really any any church person listening that wants to wants to hear something for their congregation. Any, any good word of challenge for us out the door? Well, let me say this to you, I commend you and, and your people. In this divisive culture that we have politically, which permeates throughout society, and with the uncivility that we have on social media many times, to have a staff and to have a church family that is on mission with the Great Commission and are Christ-like, I, I just say to people, at least be civil if you can't be Christ-like, be civil. You, you're Christ-like, you're, you're trying to do best, you're not looking for an easy way out, you're tr pressing on, as Paul said. And I, I just want to commend you on that, in any way we can be of help, we, we are, uh, we're, we're not on here, we're there and pretty much everywhere when it comes to Alabama and beyond. I have with me today Scotty Goldman, and Scotty is a globetrotter. He, he organized any, anywhere in the world. We have an international missionary we're in contact with him that, who are from Alabama. He goes to the International Learning Center right up front and learns their names. Any church planter anywhere, we have a relationship with them. And then we have other partnerships like with Alaska to try to help them. And in New England, which is a totally different story, specifically Vermont we're looking at. And we've got other kind of ministry missions projects. 
and we call upon our churches to help in that endeavor. And if we could call upon you at some point, we would certainly be glad to do so in part. Yeah, I think you're speaking our language with that. Even some of the specific locations, uh, you know, yeah. Vermont, Calvary's been passionate about supporting ministry work in Vermont. And we, yeah, we, we actually have a, a young church planter, pastor, that we're working with now that will be here um, in a few weeks. We'll be speaking, yeah. and, and he's a... He's an SBC guy up there, pastoring yeah. two congregations right now. Right, you know, keeping us going. But yeah, that that all resonates with us very much, and that and that's part of our prayer for our church. We want to be, you know, when we have this sort of conversation five years from now, we'd like to be able to tell you about some more people who have gone on from here to, to serve, plant Amen. churches, um, go on the mission field. You know, that's that's our aim. We we want to be exporters as much as we can. So. I really appreciate you being here. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, um, I didn't get to ask a question, but that's okay. Um, Paul did a great job with the questions today. Um, but, uh, well, thanks. today, Charles. Yeah, I'm glad I could be here and listen at least. Yeah. Um, but thanks, Dr. Lance, for being yes, here with sir. us. Thank and you. Um, like always, we're for God, for Dothan, and for the world. <laughs>